When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Preacher man, police man, working together. They both can fight the black and white and the tough guys. There's a new mean game in town. And it's played by three tough guys. One of them is Isaac Hayes. He's got a new beat, beating heads of big city hoods. Another one is Fred Williamson, a dude in leather. They don't call him Snake for nothing. Then there's Lino Ventura as Father Charlie, an ex-con turned preacher man. They're three tough guys with their own kind of mean game. And it's easy to tell the winners from the losers, because the losers ain't playing no more. Three tough guys. Three tough guys. When two gentlemen are sharing, shouldn't it be a 50-50 arrangement? Two gentlemen sharing, one thing in common, me. And so much uncommon between each other. Two Gentlemen Sharing is a curious love story. It's not for everyone. Just for those who've had quite a bit of experience and those who would like to have. Two Gentlemen Sharing is a motion picture with Robin Phillips, Judy Geeson, and Hal Frederick. See Two Gentlemen Sharing. Everything. Two Gentlemen Sharing, rated R, is the official British entry of Venice Film Festival. Hey, this is Josh Olson uh, coming at you with another special quarantine episode of the movies that made me. This one is Pandemic Parade 2, Electric Boogaloo. You knew it was coming, folks. I want to thank you all for coming out and sticking with the show and uh, for enjoying last week's special episode. We're going to keep trying to do these as we can. Um, The enthusiasm from our guests has been wonderful. The enthusiasm from our listeners has been great. So uh, we're going to keep it up. First, beforehand, just a little bit of house cleaning. If you wouldn't mind, if you don't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you're using a site that does comments, please leave some comments. Feel free to tweet about us or post about us on various and sundry social media. It really helps. Um, And then lastly, we're going to come at you a little bit later with uh, a request, a simple thing that uh, you all can do to help some folks who are actually in genuine need right now. Um, Just a minute of your time, maybe a dollar or two. Uh, whatever you can do to help out. But we'll give you more information about that shortly. Uh, we're going to jump into our show in just a minute. But first, a word from our sponsors. A naked corpse lying face down in a pool of blood. The decapitated body of a beautiful girl. The smell of death is in the air. Someone should have warned them about the horror on Snape Island. But what was the real horror? You'll have to see it to believe it. This horror of horrors. 
horror on Snape Island, it will make you tremble with fear. fear. From the Fanfare Corporation, rated R. First, let's check in with author and creator of one of my favorite TV shows, Lodge 49, Jim Gavin. Jim, how are you doing with all this? How are things? <laughs> oh, um, I've been hugely productive. I mean, I'm just banging out pages every day. Uh, I just can't stop writing. I, I just, this is, it's so much, so easy. No, I've, I've done nothing. <laughs> you, you had me going for a second and I was really, I was like, I wanted to kill you with jealousy. No, I'm just um, in a state of, uh, you know, anxiety and paralysis and watching a lot of cheers. So, uh, yeah. Careful. It doesn't drive you, drive you to drink. I'm trying to, I'm trying yeah. to keep that to a limit. Uh, we'll see, we'll see how long that, that goes. Yes. Um, and then as long as long as we got you before we jump in, because we've been sort of, uh, you know, calling a bunch of our friends from past episodes and asking them to kind of let us know what they've been watching through this. I want to say sincerely, um, this is a fantastic time for people who have not already caught this uh, to watch uh, both seasons of Lodge 49, which are, are they, yeah, on, they are on Hulu, right now, uh, both seasons. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the show does, I think, it has a calming effect. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, it's, it's, um, you know, listen, everyone's dealing with this stuff differently, and I know there are people who are probably binge watching Walking Dead right now and getting everything they need out of it. And that's awesome. Um, I just, if you're looking for, it's just, you know, it's such a great show about community and and people coming together and and uh, helping each other out, and it's warm and it's human and it's just, you know. And if you haven't watched it, I mean, the, the entire reason Jim is on this show is because I love the show so much. I stalked him and made him on. So uh, check it out yes, now. Please do. Um, yeah, I've heard, I've, you know, I think people are slowly kind of finding it. And I, uh, and in particular, the last couple of weeks, um, everything you described, I think, has has people who do find it are, are experiencing that a little bit. So that makes me that makes me very happy. So, yeah. Hopefully that can continue. Yes, absolutely. Um, but what are you, what are you uh, watching to get through all this? Uh, yeah, Aside I've been from Cheers. Uh, watching Cheers. I've been on a uh, De Palma kick um, and uh, kind of long uh, text back and forth with my friend Fred, who's a cinematographer, who um, we were kind of just going over uh, our, our love of De Palma and also kind of our frustrations with him because I, th- I think he's – uh, my buddy Lou once described D.H. Lawrence as um, a writer who could be the best direct writer in the world on in one paragraph and the next. You have no idea what's happening. And I often feel that with De Palma. Yeah. But I watched um, Blow Up last night, which I or um, I'm sorry, Blow Out, um, which I hadn't which I which I hadn't seen in years. And I was just I loved it so much. God, it's um, God bless that man. Joe's, yeah. being, Joe's being quiet. We we fought about this. I love. Okay. You, what is your favorite? favorite? Or do you I, have one? Um, body double. I watched that one too and thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, uh, yeah. The uh, who is who is the lead actor in Body Double? Craig Watson. Craig Watson. He had like a year where he started every movie. <laughs> I knew. I, I I had a project with him. I, I, I <laughs> he had a he had a, a yeah. moment in the sun and uh then it just it just yeah. went away uh, and he had a couple of other pictures he was deleting a couple of other pictures 
but none of which made a lot of money, which I guess is probably part what, of the deal. What was the, I've yeah. always been fascinated because he was really good. Um, no, no, no question there. And I don't, you know, I don't mean to disparage his work, but it just seemed like. A, I don't think I don't think they considered him attractive enough. I mean, but how did that happen? And all of a sudden, this guy you've never seen before was starring in all these quality films, and then I, I yeah. don't know. You'd have to yeah, ask yeah. his agent. But no, he's terrific. I um, uh, and I don't even know what happened to him. I, don't, I, I I'm sure he's still around somewhere, but yeah. I haven't hasn't worked yeah. in years. No, he was great. But yeah, it's something about the way I don't know. Uh, something at, at night or something, just cranking up De Palma a little bit, like just the the level of insanity. Um, I need a little bit of that. Yeah. Other stuff, I'm trying to like like calm down, but um, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's kind of been on been on the been on rotation. Fantastic. Yeah, Blowout is is I I I love it. I think it was the first movie I ever saw being filmed because I grew up in Philly and they shot it. You know. Oh, all over wow. the place. And then to find out that it was, sorry, Joe, a really great movie was such a <laughs> pleasant surprise. <laughs> such an impossibly stupid ending. Yes, I guess. That's I it. love the ending. <laughs> I love the ending. It's so dark. Yeah. It's so dark. It's so ridiculous. So what else are you watching? Okay. Um, I'll jump in with Rafifi. Oh, yes. Um, British, or I'm sorry, French uh, noir. Uh, it's a heist movie. I think it's, I only saw it for the first time last year and it was the favorite thing I watched last year. Um, so good. Uh, it has a, uh, the actual heist sequence I think is famous. Um, it's like 30 minutes, no music, no dialogue. And it's just absolutely hypnotic. But the the story and the characters have a, it has that kind of like, uh there's almost there's a Greek tragic quality to it um, that is lovely, and from what I know about it, it was based on a really horrible book. And the director, um, uh, Jules, uh, what's his name? Dasson. Dasson. Um, yeah. Really kind of elevated the material into something kind of special. So uh, I, that, I know that was just one on my mind. I'm probably going to rewatch that uh, soon. Um, Next one, the big clock, uh, which is oh, yeah. uh, can't go wrong with that one. Uh, staying in the black and white uh, noir realm, uh, based on a book by Kenneth Fearing. Brilliant plot. Um, Kenneth Fearing, by the way, de- depression era poet, who uh, later in the fifties, when he got called, be you know, to, before the uh, House Committee on Un-American Activities, when he's asked if he was a communist, his response was, "Not yet." Which I was, uh, <laughs> um, which I love. Uh, but the movie is is so fun. Uh, Ray yeah. Land, uh, Charles uh, Lawton as as the villain. Um, and I I'm probably not the first. I'm sure I'm not the first person to point out that um, the Coen Brothers I think lifted a lot from uh, the Big Clock. Uh, I think you can see a lot of it in uh, the Hudsucker Proxy and elsewhere. Uh, but it's a, just a great suspense tale. Also, um, it's very funny. Yeah, uh, and it's witty, and it's really well. It's really well directed. I mean, it's John Farrell, and it's got all the sets are, are built so that you can gl- glide through walls into offices and stuff. Uh, and it's all planned out apparently for and it's, there's this really long takes of people going to different places that the camera actually shouldn't be able to go. Yeah, but it's it's just it's just all seamless. Yeah, it's a marvel, and it it's so breezy and fun, and then. 
I think you can watch it once as uh, just kind of taking in the story, but if you watch it again, yeah, all that stuff is just uh, gorgeous to watch. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, I think the theme for my movies is suspense. Um, now that I look at it. Uh, oh, and also, should be pointed, isn't it? Uh, um, God damn it! What's the Costner film? No way out. No, no way out. Yeah. It yes, was a, it's, a, it's a it's a very clever remake until the end. When you until discover, the end, when you discover the, the 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 kicker, and the kicker was so offensive to the audience that I, <laughs> that I saw it with, who had been enjoying the movie up to then, because yeah. it's a pretty clever adaptation. Uh, they just erupted into a chorus of boobs. Oh, did they? I'm so glad to hear that because that made oh, me wow. insane. I ran into so many people who loved it, and it's the most absurd coincidence in the world. Which <laughs> you can start a movie with an absurd coincidence, you can't end it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm 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 with you. But uh, great film though, the original, the original. Yeah, um, and then I have the uh, the Harry Palmer movies, um, uh, in particular, two of them, I imagine. Uh, let's see, the Ipcris file, funeral in Berlin, uh, yeah. and the uh, billion dollar brain, billion dollar you... brain, directed by Ken Russell. Ken Russell, yeah, I didn't know you were going to go for that one. Okay, um, but uh, no, I, I like Funeral in Berlin. It's on Amazon yeah. Prime, so you can go watch it right now. Uh, I know these are they're great spy movies with Michael Caine. So good, so uh, good. They seem to fall kind of somewhere between the kind of hyperbolic world of James Bond and the kind of down and dirty realist world of John Le Carre. They're kind of like yeah, yeah. right in the middle, and um, Except yeah. for the Ken Russell one. Well, yeah, that, yes. <laughs> that was, which that is goes, pretty, pretty bonkers. Yeah. But if, you like close, if you like close-ups of Ed Begley's gnarly, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Do I ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I watched Funeral in Berlin the other night and just had a blast. So Yeah, uh, those are so good. Cool. Um, let's see, uh, the innocence, uh, I don't know why I was thinking of that. Maybe just being trapped in a house. Um, sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, you know, turn of the screw. Amazing. amazing it's, the best, yeah. it's the best turn of the screw, I think. Yeah. Um, it also features an early appearance by Peter Wingard, who if your listeners yeah. don't know who Peter Wingard oh. is, chase him down. He's one of the most... <laughs> Uh, unique individuals ever to uh, appear on uh, a British screen. Um, did, did we talk about him when you came on before? I don't think so. I would. I would. Yeah. He's. Do you, do you have his album? A lot of, a lot of anecdotal stuff about him. Um, being a degenerate, yes, I do own his uh, album "When Sex Leers Its Inquisitive Head," it's which is one of the worst. Which is one of the worst things ever recorded. Um, oh, I I beg to differ, sir. I, I <laughs> slash best. Without getting deeply into it, this this was a guy who had a brief moment of of television fame yeah. in the '60s. And what they would do with these guys is they give them record deals immediately. Yeah, and they usually just do a bunch of dopey covers. But he goes absolutely fucking insane. I mean, it's this completely experimental sonic melange with strange spoken word. Poet. I mean, it's just amazing record. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. Jenny kissed me when we met, jumping from the chair she sat in. Time, you thief who love to get sweets into your list. Put that in. Say I'm weary. Say I'm sad. Say that health and wealth have missed me. Say I'm growing old. But add 
Jenny kissed me. It might also be the worst album ever recorded. Yeah. I can't argue with you there. Yes. Um, but, you know, but, uh, Shatner and his rocket band. Get out of here. This is... <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, but The Innocence is like, it's the greatest ghost story ever. Um, and I think the film is really close to the book in that it, it, uh, it leaves a level of ambiguity that I think is kind of delicious and intoxicating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's also very, it's also very perverse. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, Sherman Capote was one of the writers. Uh, right. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a, a really genuinely disturbing, unsettling movie which i remember seeing for the first time i guess i couldn't have been more than 10 or 11 uh and it just it just creeped me out yeah ever, i think it's it's one of the great horror films it's, it's always compared to the haunting which is a good picture too but i i just don't i don't think it has quite the resonance for me absolutely i um weirdly i i i taught it at uh to some college students once as i was teaching a class on like adapting books in the and so I, I screened The Innocence and these were all, you know, super hip, you know, it was about 10 years ago, super hip young college kids and we're watching it and, you know, there's some giggles. And then uh, by the end, they were screaming the whole, it was a, a great uh, viewing experience. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. So The Innocence. And then uh, the last one, um, this one is probably the most uh, connected to our current sense of apocalypse um uh miracle mile uh, oh, oh yeah from yeah. Uh, 1988 i watched this late at night on cable when i was 13 or 14 and it really shook me um it's it's actually really f- a fun movie but also just uh uh really uh disturbing and beautifully done um it's re- written and directed by steve DeJarnet, um yeah who I, I saw this movie in 88 and then um, years later, uh, it's about like six or seven years ago, I was at a writing conference and I get introduced to this guy named Steve and we're chatting and uh, he's like, oh, I used to work, you know, you, you know, did some film and TV and stuff and very modest guy. And then I kept kind of coaxing stuff out of him and eventually came out that he, oh, I did a movie called Miracle Mile and I just lost my mind. I was like, yeah, crazy fucker. Um, it's just, it's great. It's set in real time uh, on a night in LA in 1988. A guy answers a payphone and somehow finds out that uh, a nuclear strike is coming. And he has basically an hour to deal with it. Um, and it's crazy. It's one of the most kind of like white knuckled, fun, crazy movies ever. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, those are, those are. Fantastic. Those are a few well, films a, to watch. That's a, that's a terrific movie that probably most people didn't see theatrically yeah. because it hardly yeah. played anywhere. Uh, but it's got uh, the, the the place where it was shot, Johnny's Fat Boy Restaurant, yeah. uh, is, is now an L.A. landmark. So yeah. they, they, they'd love to knock it down. It's right across from the new Academy. Yeah. But they, they can't. Uh, and um, all of that whole area, I mean, it's like a seven-block area that he shot the whole picture in. Yeah, uh, and and for for Angelinos, I mean, it is a uh, it's 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 just such a close to the heart movie. Yeah, yeah. I used to live a block from the tar pits, so oh, so, okay. Um, yep. When I moved there, and you know, it was about 10, 12 years ago. Uh, I I just every time I walked along that stretch of Wilshire, I just I was you just thinking, thought about you just thought of a helicopter sinking <laughs> in the park. Yeah, with with Anthony Edwards aboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mayor Winningham, great stuff. Yeah. 
And by the way, it's it's. Uh, actually, I'll check it to see if it's streaming. But it is. Um, there is a really beautiful Blu-ray that came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tracking down. Highly recommended. Yeah, they they re-released yeah. it. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's kind of a one of a kind movie, and uh, yeah, it's great. So, I, I would uh, highly encourage everyone to go take a look look at those. Yes, I, I always love arguing with Joe about Blowout too. Okay, so we'll keep that because he's just wrong, right? Yeah, I mean, we can prove it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, someday we'll sit down and we'll just go over this plot point by point, <laughs> and you'll see what, what, at what point it just goes off the rails completely. Here's the surreal thing. Normally, it's like the directors who don't care about plot, and here's two writers <laughs> arguing this bonkers. Yeah. Uh, that's what De Palma does to people. Yeah, no, he re <laughs> he rewires your brain. And yeah, exactly, yes. I, I forgive stuff in his movies that's so far over the pale of what I will accept in anybody else's. I don't know why. Yeah. I, mean, I love Femme Fatale. Femme Fatale is a train wreck of a movie. I love every frame of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. But anyway, uh, Jim, thank you Thanks, so much Jim. for doing this. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And um, we'll get you in the studio next time. Like yeah. A human being. Awesome. Uh, all right. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Every city has its downtown area, the place where it's all happening. Why don't you go downtown for a little action? That's where they're waiting, Main Street Women. It's all happening now in the year's most shocking look at today's wild lifestyles. Don't miss it, Main Street Women. Rated R for adults. This is the manager speaking. Give me your attention for 60 seconds. In a few days, we will bring you something new that's never been to town before. You will actually see at this theater, in person, not a movie, a man, buried alive. You will be able to see him in the grave through a specially constructed viewing tube. Since I am unable to admit you free, all I can do is urge you to see this truly amazing and unbelievable sight. We will give a bottle of My Sin perfume to any girl who can look into the grave and not faint. We will have an ambulance on call. If you look into this grave, you will remember it the longest day you live. Thank you. Hey, so I know a lot of our listeners are um, doing the best they can under these circumstances, and it's tough on everybody. But if there's one group it's particularly hard on these days, it's folks who do not have a home. Um, we are here with the amazing Blair Bercy from the Hollywood Food Coalition, um, who we're going to team up with for the duration of this thing. And she's going to tell you a little bit about what you can do to help them help people uh, who have nowhere to live and very little to eat. Um, hi, Blair. Thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Um, so the Hollywood Food Coalition has been serving a hot and nutritious meal to those in need since 1987. We've never missed a night. We serve on Christmas. We serve on holidays. And it's not just about the homeless. It's also about the food insecure. So at this point in time, due to Hollywood being shut down, restaurants being shut down, schools being shut down, our food donation is limited. So if anybody listening would like to donate, you can go to hofoco.org slash donate. That is H-O-F-O-C-O dot org slash donate to donate. And there's also a text number people can, can use to uh, help. Is that correct? Yes. So our text to donate is probably the easiest thing to do. You can text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 323-402-5704. Three two three four zero two five seven zero four and text the word give to donate. 
Uh, fantastic. And we're going to put that information up on the, uh, uh, the website and on all the details for the show um, and social media. But yeah, anything you can do to help out uh, right now, because um, if there's one community that's really getting hammered by this, it's uh, people who do not have homes. And you guys are doing amazing work. And Blair, I just want to, uh, I, I think you know this, but maybe you don't. Um, uh, we have a regular listener and occasional guest on the show, a gentleman named Mick Garris. Who mm. Hearing you right now, do you have anything you'd like to say to uh, Mr. Garris? First and foremost, you know he's the only Mick that I acknowledge. He is the most <laughs> famous in my life, and he shaped, I think, probably my movie going. I realized this the other day. The reason I'm so obsessed with Sleepwalkers is that was a movie that I actually paid to go see versus my experience with Nightmare on Elm Street and probably almost everything else where I was in somebody's home or it was on a TV and I didn't have a choice. That started everything. He made this uh, monster. <laughs> fantastic. Um, well, he will hear that. I'm sure he'll appreciate it. Um, but thank you for coming on. We'll bring you on in the next one as well to talk again. And um, uh, maybe maybe you'll come back later and give us some of the movies you're watching to get through all of this. I absolutely will. I absolutely will. Uh, that would be a blast. Thank you so much. And people, please um, give give what you can. Yes. Can I just jump in really quickly? Just oh, to say, yeah. we're a volunteer-based organization, so this yep. is not one of those times where your money is going to kind of fulfill somebody's paycheck. This is going straight to the homeless and food insecure population, and it's roughly $2 feeds one person. So Fantastic. we're feeding about 300 people a night. So if you can give two bucks, you just paid for somebody's meal. It's either somebody who's elderly and does not have the capabilities of going to the store right now and cooking for themselves, or it could be somebody on the street, which means that this is probably the only hot meal they will have all day. That's amazing. Yeah. And considering, you know, how much, um, you know, if people are watching movies on streaming services like Amazon prime or Netflix, every time you watch one, think about um, maybe, you know, throwing, throwing a buck towards, uh, towards these folks. That would be great. Hollywood food coalition. Thanks, Josh. They're the best. Thank you. <laughs> It's his night to howl. Dracula's dog, the meanest vampire of them all, has a four-legged friend and he's out for blood. Crown International Pictures presents Dracula's Dog. Dracula's Dog. Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Next, we're going to hear from one of our favorite filmmakers, Karen Kusama. One something we watched recently, and I and I realized I just miss sports so much. I miss seeing sports. Like it's baseball season. We should be watching baseball on TV. 
We should be going to games. I should be booing the Astros. Um, and so we watched Moneyball again. And ah. it's just so great. And Brad Pitt gives such a beautiful performance. And it really is such a fascinating look at, you know, data versus instinct. And right. um, it's it's just satisfying to watch games in some form, even if it's not really about <laughs> baseball, even that movie. Um, right. It's pretty, it was satisfying for us. And my 13-year-old loved it, which was great. That's what, you know, I hadn't even thought of it. I, I, it's so tragic. So much of my life has been prepping for this. You know, I, I work out of the house. I commute to work in my pajamas. I have a giant library of movies and I don't like sports. So it hadn't even occurred to me until you said oh, that. Yeah. But yes, of course. People are. Uh, I'm not yeah. a huge sports fan, but baseball is like such yeah. a big part of our life and watching baseball is a huge right. part of our life. So not being able to watch it has been really rough. Yeah, no, I can imagine imagine well that's a, that's a good one yeah 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 so that that is something um that we really enjoyed um i'll tell you something i rewatched recently because i was this was over the christmas break but i was sick for about two weeks um and i watched my so-called life a perfect uh. a perfect season of television created <laughs> by winnie holtzman and um it was kind of great to um, to be reminded of, I don't know, simpler times. Sure. Um, but where the the issues of adolescence are the same and are um, are are so tough. Like no yeah. matter what the decade, no matter what the century. So yeah. um, really worth checking out again to see like what a great season of TV can be. Yeah, that was such a good show. So where did you where did you find that? That was on iTunes, I'm pretty sure. And I did have to buy it or rent it for 10, 10 or 15 bucks. I, mm. I might have bought it just because I love it so much. Um, but yeah, I, I, I watched the whole thing with, again with my 13 year old. And it was actually a really, really um, fascinating experience to watch it with uh you know somebody who wasn't 13 he was 12 at the time right. and um to feel like he could sort of half grasp the the teenage angst um it was great and 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 claire danes is so incredible there's so many amazing performances it's just great i was just looking i didn't even know there was such a thing this is the world we live in um it's free streaming free on imdb tv oh that wasn't the case actually for um, me yeah. when I, so all the more reason to be watching it then it, yeah. the, the resolution, they have not done any kind of HD upgrade. So it's, you just have to train your brain to get back to what television used to look like all uh, the right. time, um, <laughs> the good old days. Um, but once you get past that, it is just, uh, it's just so great to think yeah. that it was on network television is kind yeah. of mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, what else? I am watching Together. It's also called Till Salmons, um, which is a Lucas Moodison film. Oh, from, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 years ago yes. um, about a commune of 
mid mid seventies radicals, uh, se- radicals in the seventies, not seventy years old, with young children, and uh, they're living in a, a communal house together in Sweden. And um, there's just something about that movie I want to return to because it has such good energy, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm feeling like we need movies that. Um, kind of remind us of essential human questions as opposed to like, I'm not in the contagion camp. I'm not watching, I'm not watching movies about disease, even though I totally understand the desire to, I'm sort of looking to feel like lighter in my heart. I don't know how you guys feel, but. I'm, I'm mostly on, on the same page with you. It's funny. We, um, uh, I, I just got, I, I absolutely love um, Mick Garris's miniseries of The Stand. Uh-huh. And I just got the Blu-ray of it about a month ago. And it's like, oh, we're going to, we're going to watch this. And, you know, Nancy, my wife doesn't, she doesn't do horror, but it's not really, it's not like terrifying horror. She loves thrillers. It's like, well, we'll do, we're not going near that thing until. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, how no about your trips? How about you, Joe? What are you, are you, are you, what camp are you falling into? Well, I don't, um, uh, I don't, I don't avoid contagion movies uh, <laughs> because <laughs> because actually we're we're doing a, a couple of weeks of them on uh, Trailers from Hell, so we're sort of collating them. Um, uh, but, but he does uh, he does deny them his essence. I do, I do, I do that. I do deny them my essence, and uh, so we, we've been catching up with stuff like uh, Panic on the Streets and mm. the Killers that Stalk New York, and you know some of the stuff is Satan Bug. You know uh, all that kind of stuff that is that is interesting to watch in how frequently prescient they are about, oh. about the way people behave in situations yeah. like that. Oh yeah, I mean the notion of panic and hoarding and kind of and the ugliness and hopefully it's opposite how how we see both things in these yeah. moments. It's pretty intense. Yeah. I speak. I remember seeing uh, just a complete tangent, but Jack Palance came to the Egyptian years ago to talk before a screening of Panic in the Streets, and he did a Q and A afterwards. And somebody asked him something about one of the locations, and Jack went, "I don't fucking know. It was fifty years ago. I don't even remember seeing this movie." Oh my God. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Hmm. But if people want to feel good and to laugh and to yes. see something that, like, on a narrative level, is actually designed like a swiss watch but just feels so loose and kind of shaggy dog uh together by lucas mudison is fantastic i happen to have it on i have it on dvd i don't know how one just watches it on their television we we always look on amazon prime first it is it is on prime video right they seem to have the strangest oh my god if it's on prime video and you're a prime member oh my god watch it it's the best yes yes no, it's great. It's great. I, and yeah, communal living is a sort of, um, I, yeah, I sort of fond, fond feelings for that movie now that I probably didn't quite a month ago. Yeah, I think I think there's probably a little less communal living going on at the moment. Yeah. Well, and, and yet I want to say that what I think we need to be thinking about is like, what does it mean to live, uh, to live with a little bit more um, communal energy? You know, I mean, anyway, I think together would be a a great tonic for right now. I I am also watching right this second, um, which I was very late to the party, but um, I'm catching up 
and and you guys may find all of these um some of these may these wrecks may feel uh i don't know sort of old fashioned but i'm watching the crown right now ha <laughs> yeah and it's so good it's like i think it's so 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 great it's and fantastic yeah so i had no idea that it was like um about so much as mm-hmm. dumb, as kind of shallow a thing to say uh, as that i i just didn't understand that it was so much about the nature of power the limits of power what does that mean if you're a woman in that role what does it mean to simply be a figurehead or representative of something that feels like a very urgent question from women particularly um who are so frequently asked to just like represent their gender um so i i think it's fantastic i'm in the second season and i think it's so beautifully made um hard hard to argue with it and deeply entertaining in my humble oh, opinion it is it's a great series great series. yeah it's um it, it's fantastic one of the things i love about it by the way I saw, oh god so you haven't you haven't gotten to olivia coleman yet Oh. I mean, I have so much to look forward to. You do, you do. It only gets better. Yeah, that's the thing. I just feel like this is yeah. something, it's 30 hours that can fill up my days and who knows how many days we have to fill up. So, yeah, you know. I, I have kind of a Downton Abbey response to it where, you know, one minute before the show starts and one minute after it ends, I go back to like, if there was a revolution, I'd be rooting for the people with the guillotines. <laughs> For that one hour, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're so invested in these dippy people's lives. It's yeah, well, and and that's the other thing. It's like that. It, it it's it actually gives me a sense of appreciation for how hard it is to make human beings out of these mm-hmm. characters. Yes, and yeah. and I really feel like oh, these you know Philip, for instance, what an interesting character. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of. I don't know. I just feel like on a storytelling level, it's really instructive for me. It's nice to be reminded that there there's like lessons still to be learned from watching mm-hmm. stories, Absolutely. you know? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but OK, so now we're going to get to my number one, absolute number one. Like this is the thing that everybody should be watching because it is set in a prison. And yet it feels so giant. It feels like such an epic story. I think everyone should be watching um, the French film, A Prophet by Jacques oh. Audiard. Um, yes, yes. Because it's just, it, it tells the story of a young guy at the beginning of his stay for several years in prison and the allegiances he needs to build and his eventual opportunity to like go get out of prison for like so-called work opportunity days which by this point are hardly used for work but that's kind of the interesting part of it is um figuring out how he's going to survive and watching him go from being a child to a man um it is one of the most beautiful films i've i mean it's totally a top five desert island disc if there is a such thing and um, I just think for right now, it's like, you know, it's a solid like two and a half hours and it, it, you walk away and you feel like you really lived a life, lived a life. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I feel like that's what we need right now from cinema, from television is to remember, yes, we're, we're here in our houses and 
maybe getting a little stir crazy, but there's a lot of life for us to empathize with and, and, and live alongside. And, you know, it's just a great, great film. Yeah, I absolutely concur. <laughs> well, so what are you guys watching? Am I allowed? Uh, am I allowed to ask, or do you have to watch? <laughs> well, when, uh, when, when, when we're not watching uh, the Bloviator, Bloviate, uh, we uh, we actually try to watch uh, things that are, you know, uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've I've been making my way through uh, the entire run of the Untouchables. Oh, which is the 1960s uh, yeah. series. Yeah really kind of changed television in many ways. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, you go back to some of the stuff from the sixties and it is quite remarkable how well-written and well done yeah. some of these shows are. I mean, the, the, the untouchables, the fugitive, I mean, just random episodes of these things are just, they're like little movies and they're, mm-hmm. um, they've got really good actors in them. Uh, most of them are not with us anymore. Yeah. Um, but uh, aside from the nostalgia factor of remembering seeing these things when I was uh, younger, uh, I just am always impressed with the uh, the level of storytelling in mm. these things. That's so great. Yeah, that was a great show. I, I, my Nancy, Nancy and I um, started watching The Sopranos again shortly before this. Oh yeah. Uh, and she realized watching it, she had not seen the first couple seasons, so it was all that oh. part was new to her. And I realized that somehow, I guess I would watch them when they were on, and then I'd get the DVDs later and watch them again, but I had never watched the last season again. So it was oh. all very, very fresh. Mm-hmm. And it's my God, that show was good. Oh, um, yeah. Just, just, uh, I, you know, things like this, the Sopranos playing Monopoly together is, um, <laughs> you know, or, or the, or the intervention, the, the mob intervention when one of them's a drug addict. It's, yeah. You, you forget that it was just probably the funniest American show ever. While, yeah. while being so dark and so yeah, weird. pretty dark humor, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, we like dark humor, <laughs> but I've uh, been loving that. But uh, yeah, I, and then of course, always, Karen, I, I know you'll be with me, and just one that everyone should just always take any opportunity. You, you watch your point break, folks. If you haven't seen point oh, break in the last year, I wrestled year with or so. that. I actually wrestled. <laughs> I, I actually, because you know, um, I do this thing, I do this movie camp now for my for my son over the summer. And my inaugural, uh, you know, class was last summer and Point Break, Point Break was one of my, um, one of my, you know, uh, curriculum, it's your curriculum. Yeah, it was in yes. the curriculum, um, <laughs> as was John Carpenter's The Thing and Philip oh, Hoffman's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And, uh, yeah. but yeah, so I, ha- I, I, Point Break is um, another great example of something that um will just transport you to yeah. another another time yeah. another era another it, set of values and um, and be deeply pleasurable i think that's what yeah. it is is i want to find right now as much pleasure from yeah. movies and storytelling as i can right now i'm not really looking for good medicine i'm just yep. looking for I'm just looking to like feel engagement. I mean, not that we don't always feel that way, but particularly right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, beautifully said. Thank you, Darren. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, stay low, stay healthy. We'll, uh, we'd, we'd love to see you for the, your next appearance in the studio. That would be love nice. Love it. 
that would yeah it'll be a, a, a an occasion to mark i look forward to it to pull off a job no one would ever dare you need a team no one would ever believe they did more to the syndicate in 27 minutes than anyone else ever did in 27 years paramount pictures presents hit starring billy d williams as nick a top cop on the run his hit team came in all sizes, all colors, and all pros. When they hit, they hurt. Hit. Starring Billy D. Williams and Richard Pryor in Panavision and Technicolor. Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent. Our next guest comes straight from Chapo Trap House. It's Matt Chrisman. What, what are you looking for in a movie during a pandemic? Are you looking for total escape? Or are you looking for immersion in the horror what's your uh i i mean i watched outbreak pretty early just it was on netflix and it was like let's give it a shot uh i haven't rewatched contagion yet though um it's a little more harrowing actually yeah yeah that's my recollection (laughs) yeah i'm i'm things get a little more out of hand in that one uh uh but i i guess i'm just looking for yeah something that's gonna just be distracting and dumb i i actually filled in a big hole in my uh my michael bay filmography and then i finally watched the island oh that is that is a big hole yeah uh how how was that weirdly it's his forgotten movie i mean it was a big block it was a big summer movie but it was kind of a flop it's like his one kind of uh box office bomb yeah did did we talk um i feel like we've had this conversation about uh, six underground yes i watched that i gotta say that really made me watching it on netflix really made me despair even before the virus now for the theatrical <laughs> film experience yeah because michael bay can't get a movie in theaters because it's a not 200 million dollar michael bay film yeah, and and it's I will I will be the first to I don't know have we talked about it on the show Joe I I you know I'm I'm I've bagged on Michael Bay for many many years except for um Pain and uh, what is it Pain and Gain Pain and Gain Pain and Gain which is a genuinely great film but um uh yeah I watched uh, um, Six Underground when it came on Netflix and it it it's the distillation of everything he is done right it's such a joy <laughs> it's such a <laughs> Dopey joy, I loved it. But yeah, um, it's got uh, it's got the bay humor, which yeah. is uh, key. Yeah, and I feel like Ryan Reynolds is like the leading man he's been waiting for his whole life. It's uh, it's pretty good stuff. But Matt, what are you? Uh, so what are you watching to get through? Throw us throw us some titles that we can turn people on. Well, uh, instead of the things that I've watched, because I haven't really been able to dedicate myself to that, I thought that I would do uh, five movies that sort of uh, take as part of their theme uh, isolation of some way, uh, either self-imposed or imposed from outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would start with a movie that came out a few years ago and that I think is uh, really fun and very creepy, uh, The Invitation. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> how, how, we- how, how, how interesting. Yeah. 30 minutes ago, uh, we were talking to Karen Kusama, by the way, and I am looking right now at the house that the movie is set in <laughs> out, out my window. I, I love are the, that. Are the, lights, are the lights going out? 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it, it's broad daylight. <laughs> it's, I remember watching it going, because they, they shoot from the porch of that thing. It's like, hey, there's our house. And then the lights go out. <laughs> uh, that's a great film. Uh, yeah, no, it's yeah. great. It yeah. feels very uh, claustrophobic. Yep. Uh, and it slowly amps up the tension. That's really good. Next, uh, uh, Ben Wheatley's adaptation of uh, J.G. Ballard's uh, High Rise. High Rise, you know, yes. Years ago. <laughs> uh, that's, I thought that was a really good uh, and very, very creepy uh, evocation of that uh, of the book and that sense of, you know, just ice, social isolation leading to total madness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, it's an amazing book. I, I, um, uh, I remember enjoying the film. Um, yeah. It's pretty, who's the guy, who's the British actor? Uh, Tom Hiddleston is the, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, oh, a terrific film. Yeah. These are depressing. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where my head goes usually. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and I would be remiss uh, if, if being on the show uh, with uh, with uh, Joe again without uh, taking the opportunity to kiss his ass by saying the burbs. Uh, <laughs> because that is That's true. They're isolated. All in one place. Of all time. Uh, and one of my favorite things about it is that it all, that, that it is just a, a little, like a covered little madhouse, just a, a little suburban Petri dish where nobody even thinks to leave and they've all like self-isolated. Yeah. Uh, that's because the studio still, guard wouldn't let them out. Man, it's <laughs> uh, the great brother Theodore. God, it's, uh, yes. Oh yeah. Fantastic. You, you are the one who lives next door. <laughs> <laughs> There's a documentary Why? about him. Have you seen, have you guys seen a the fascinating documentary? Cause he's a really interesting guy. Oh yeah, yeah no, he was, I remember seeing him on like Comedy Central. Was he was like a stand-up comedian? No, he used to go on uh, like talk shows, and uh, he, he had he, he had a, a one-man show that he did in New York at midnight, uh, and he, that's where he sort of developed this character. But it's all based on his you know war experiences, and uh, you know he's, he's really a fascinating guy. Unfortunately, by the time I worked with him, he was so deaf he could hardly hear anything, mm. uh, and so it was mm-hmm. difficult to have a conversation with him. But um, he really was a very, very interesting guy. Yeah, there's a, um, oh, to my great chagrin, it's called. I'm looking to see where it is because it's a wonderful documentary about him. Um, I would check that out because, yeah, he's, uh, he's, I remember seeing, when I would see like little weird s- sketches with him. Yeah, he well, he was, yeah, a regular on, like for my generation, it was, it was Letterman. He would show up. He was one of Letterman's kind of interesting, zany, regular uh, it's amazing. Yeah. There's more, there are more talk shows than ever now. Right. There are fewer people who are like professional weirdo. <laughs> That's true. Like That's true. there were more professional weirdos when there were only two or three late night shows. Now there's 12 yeah. of them. You'd think yeah. there'd be more demand for professional. That's true. Weirdos. You'd get, you'd get people yeah. like Alexander King and all these other sort of strange people who go on Cavett or whatever. And now you, uh, yeah. Or like, you just don't like get that. And Harvey Picar. Yeah. Now it's like, it's, I guess it's all just a dang Instagram models now instead. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, to my great chagrin, the unbelievable story of Brother Theodore is on Prime Video. So highly, right, highly recommend it. Yeah. yeah. What else do you got? All right. And my final two, it's a, it's a, it's a, a double feature, two George Romero films. Uh, Day of the Dead, uh, which is... Interesting. Okay. If you wanted to... You could watch those movies. You could watch his original zombie movies, like 
as a uh, like a, a time progression of being in quarantine. Right? <laughs> got like the early early sniping and hysteria of Night of Living Dead. Then you, you kind of like hit a groove for a while with Dawn of the Dead when they're all like chilling, living, yeah, living in a mall, party yeah, in the uh, in the mall. And then finally, Day of the Dead when it's like finally snapped and everyone is Joe Polito screaming at each other about who runs the monkey farm. Yes. <laughs> Until you're begging for the zombies to show up. And that horrible line, I want to choke on them. Choke on it! <laughs> I'm running Good the stuff. monkey farm now, Frankenstein. <laughs> and what's in a double feature with me? You're just giving me a mouthful of Greek salad. <laughs> the best dialogue ever in a movie in that one. And then the other one, the other early uh, Romero film, earlier earlier than uh, uh, one of his first uh, after Night of the Living Dead, The Crazies. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, is- subject of a subject of a, of a, of a lamentable remake. Oh, yeah. In the last the- couple of decades. I remember thinking, like, before everything was getting remade, like idly thinking movies that should have been remade just because, you know, like they didn't have enough budget to really give the subject uh, yeah. you know, the credit, uh, what it deserved. Uh-huh. I remember idly thinking, oh, somebody could like give, you know, somebody really some money to make the crazies where it was like, it wasn't, the seams weren't quite so, you know, evident, but man, they did it and it was terrible. <laughs> I think that that was one of the ones that I would think it was directed by Mike Eisner's son. Yes, I think so. Brian, oh, Brian. oh, sure. Yeah, well, you knew that the talent really shone through in the directing process. <laughs> <laughs> you know that was that was pure meritocracy at work. Yeah. <laughs> but the original yeah. is uh, it's very un- disturbing because it's yeah, like it's it. There's a plane crash with a government chemical on it that basically yeah drives everyone kind of insane, but in a very erratic and unpredictable way. So. And very slowly, so characters would just sort of lose their minds uh, as you watch it. But the real uh, running theme of the film, for one thing, it's sort of a Vietnam uh, allegory because it's like, what if Vietnam happened in America? You know, like there's right. you know, the army is picking people out of their homes to quarantine them and like stealing their fishing poles off the walls and stuff. Uh, but then also just pure, the horror really is pure government incompetence. Yeah, at every level of that, it makes it very topical. Yes, it's just nothing but yeah. from the plane crash to the dealing with it. In fact, there's a scene at the end when the scientist, the the uh, I think is played by the same guy who has the one eye, the eye patch, uh, in the in the in the, oh, in, the dawn of the yeah. dead. Uh, he he has a serum to fix it, and he just like gets crushed in a in a in a stampede, and it gets stomped on, and, he, and it, oh. just nothing but incompetence, top to bottom. If you'd only known. Yes. Yeah. Uh, available on Prime Video, by the way, as as is the remake. But um, oh yeah, quickly. <laughs> yeah, you want the uh, the first one there. Yeah. Um, great stuff, man. Well, well, thank you. That was uh, grim. This will lighten a lot of hearts. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. That's how <laughs> yeah. my mind goes. At times, <laughs> yes, and and also not that you guys need the plug, but I was just cursing out Matt before we started that. Um, they just did a special episode of Chapo where they did an entire audio commentary for Star Trek, or Star Trek, Star Wars: The Phantom Menace, which I have never seen. So, I yeah, we're sit, uh, I may have to sit through now. Well, perhaps your first exposure should be this one. We've still found uh, some interesting things to f- discover. There's always new la- layers to the onion on that one. 
Yes. Well, I may I may finally watch it. That's got Jar Jar in it, doesn't it? Is that the Jar Jar one? That's the Jar Jar one, yes. A funnier character than they'd ever had before. I know, hilarious. Uh, have you guys have you guys like you know, have you found a way to sort of revise the general cultural assessment of Jar Jar or is that still- No, no, we we're we <laughs> I mean, I think uh Will and, and I kind of agree uh that the Phantom Menace is probably the less less bad than the other ones. Uh, and the Jar Jar is not as terrible uh, as other things in other movies, but he is really bad. <laughs> there's, there's no way of redeeming him. I guess I'll finally find out. Yeah, uh, good luck. Yes, thank you. Well, thank you, Matt. Uh, much Thanks, appreciated. Matt. Yes, thank you for having me. At the Dragon Art Theater, US 441 between Alachua and High Springs. It's behind the theater. A motorcycle track with races this weekend. See the big bikes race at unbelievable speeds. See daring riders compete for prizes and trophies. See riders jump fantastic heights over each other on the exciting motocross track. See it all for just $2 general admission. Motorcycle races sanctioned by American Motorcycle Association. Behind the Dragon Art Theater. Practice at 11. Races start at 1 p.m. Sunday. Let's see what our old pal and host of Mystery Science Theater 3000, Jonah Ray, is up to. Jonah, how how are you, sir? How are you uh, getting by? And I, I'm doing okay. I uh, you know I just I think I've cleaned and fixed everything that I've been meaning to the past couple of years around my house. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I just uh, just try. I try to write. I try to sit down and work on stuff, but I can't focus. I don't know. I I, I hear a lot of other people are having that problem though. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, it ain't easy. <laughs> It is. I'm on. I'm on two, uh, thankfully, pretty long deadlines right now. But um, oh my god, yeah. Whenever he feels the, the need to write, he just calls somebody up and we do a podcast. That's right. <laughs> I got to tell you, this is this is so much easier. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, gee, what shall I do? Shall I put something? Shall I take a blank page and uh, uh, craft some great narrative? Or uh, I know I'll. Uh, Check in with Jonah Ray and see what movies he's watching right now. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, yeah, the idea is we're we're doing a sort of couple of compilation uh, Corona cavalcades, um, pandemic parades, if you will. uh, Yeah. And getting getting a bunch of our uh, our favorite guests to come back and tell us what they're watching to get them through all this. So. Cool. Yeah. We'd, uh, what, what are you watching, Jonah? Well, I've, uh, I'm, I'm watching stuff that kind of make me feel better about being, you know, sequestered in my, in my house. Um, and so all my movies are kind of themed off of, uh, that a bit. Um, I, uh, uh, my first pick is moon. Uh, oh, Sam fantastic. Rockwell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great yeah. Movie. Uh, yeah. Duncan, awesome movie. Duncan Jones, right out of the right out of the gate, came out with Moon, and it's my favorite. Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, Sam Rockwell movies because you get double oh, the so Rockwell. Good. You get exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know what's insane? This is this is really inside baseball, but it drove me nuts. I love that movie, and you know I voted for it for all the things I could vote for uh, the year it came out. But for some reason, um, they sent no screeners for that film. And it was not, it didn't play a ton of theaters and it's not the kind of film that, you know, it just, it was like, so no one, it, it didn't get a chance. I was like, come on. I, it surely it would have gotten some nods if they had pushed it a little bit. 
Yeah, I was uh, when I first saw the poster for it, I was worried it was going to be not worried because I did end up enjoying it. But uh, what was it? Uh, CQ? Yeah. uh, Yeah. And I thought it was going to be this very like stylistic, uh, you know, yeah yeah Yeah, it was just this kind of like really uh you know kind of low budget fun story about this guy uh yeah it's so clever and imaginative yes Mm -hmm. it's um it's sam rockwell and sam rockwell and nobody else yeah trapped trapped on the the sam rockwell he's trapped on the moon he has uh but there was also matt berry is in that uh he plays like i think the head of the corporation in the video oh that's right yes oh my god that's right that's right the great matt berry yeah. Um, um, I went completely and, off topic, but is every oh, if everybody um, in in looking for ways to fill your time, uh, Toast of London on Netflix. Oh yeah, um, yeah, Toast of London Perry's is fantastic. So great on that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, my next uh, one is uh, talking about just feeling uh, trapped in with the, you know your family unit, Dogtooth uh, by Yorgos Lathamos. Oh. <laughs> That's <laughs> one. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that makes me feel makes me feel uh, like it's like it could be worse. It could be worse. You know, I could be have this weird, creepy uh, porn watching parents keeping me in, saying that there's you know monsters outside making me bark how, like a dog. How would, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good lord, yes. These are um, these are all making me want to go outside. Is the problem? Yeah. <laughs> well, I that's the thing. I didn't want to do too many. I don't want to watch too many things. Like I've stopped watching. I love watching food shows. Uh, and I've stopped watching them because it's the last thing I want to see is just people exploring and having new, amazing foods that I can't cook at home <laughs> and right. have no option to eat myself. Um, so, yeah, I try to keep things a little more claustrophobic. Yes. Um, I would, now, now would be the time to do a Food Channel show called Things to Do with Rice. <laughs> I I keep on trying. Like I I never thought about it. I don't think I even normally like it. But I was like, I have rice, and I was like, I'll try to make rice pudding. I don't know. <laughs> just, I'm just trying to find these recipes that take time. That's all I really need things to do. Yeah, take time. Let's see rice cakes and risotto yeah. and rice pudding. There's a, <laughs> your three your three essential courses. Yeah, uh, my uh, my number. Uh, Three is uh, is a Shaun of the Dead uh, oh, because sure. because it is very post apocalyptic, but it also has you know it has it has an ending and has hope at the end, and it's a uh, you know and it's fun while you're watching it. So it's one of my yes. you know favorite favorite you know uh, flicks to watch. But it really just it kind of makes you you know it's it's a it's the best case scenario of you know making it through a disaster and then coming out on the other side of it okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a fantastic yeah. film. I almost went with the remake of uh, Dawn of the Dead uh, because mainly because um, me and our our neighbors across the street we've been communicating much like the people in the mall and the guy at the gun shop <laughs> with uh, the signs. Yes, <laughs> yeah, just trying to play. It's like playing Battleship. Uh, <laughs> um, my number four is uh, uh, the John Carroll Lynch movie Lucky, starring Harry Dean Stanton. Which I think is an incredible movie. Yeah. Oh um, wow! I've, I have yet to see it. I'm sort of it's terminally unknown. Yeah, I I, th- I think criminally so. I think it's such a it's such a nice watch, and Harry Dean Stanton is so perfect, and it's such a Harry Dean Stanton movie. And then it just kind of it's just I love the way he just is so content with his solo life, and he does go out. He has he goes to the bar, of course, and you know chats with David Lynch and whatnot, but. 
I think it's just a nice uh, idea of just this kind of simple life. He lives a very simple life, and that's what I think a lot of us are going to have to end up doing yeah. as this moves forward. Uh, that's I, am I going to cry if I watch it? That's why I've been sort of holding off for a long time. I love him so much. Yeah, I mean, I I can't think of a better swan song than that, yeah. and also to and to have it be to you know, be made by John Carroll Lynch, who is, uh, you know, a, an amazing character actor in his own right. So I think they, yeah. they probably have very similar, uh, you know, emotional connections to, you know, a life and a career of this, yeah. uh, like they had. Um, and my number five, uh, yes. is, uh, is office space because it's great yes. fun escapism. Um, and it's, uh, it's all I've been thinking about lately is, with the destruction of the entertainment industry, mm. um, uh, will I be happier if I just go uh, uh, and start working construction? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a question we may all be asking ourselves. Yeah, that's. A, yeah. I always have that in my head anyway. Anytime, like you know, I'm between jobs and you have that thing, you're like, "Well, I'm never going to make anything again. I'm never going to get hired for anything." Um, and I go, I don't know, like bartending. I like talking to people. I like hearing people's <laughs> stories. Daytime bartending shift. That sounds nice. And that's also yeah. kind of a reason I like lucky. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, mm -hmm. no, it's lovely. Cause I, I feel like idiocracy is probably the one that more people are tapping into right now, but, um, too real. Uh, it's or, that's or, yeah, just exactly. Too, that's a, that's, exactly. That's a documentary now. Well, yeah. I'm not even sure it's it is. So I think we've almost, I feel like we've passed it. You know, it's, it's so much dumber now. Than idiocracy. <laughs> I remember when that's when that stuff kind of really started happening. The first time I remember was that it was years ago, maybe ten years ago. Uh, Obama was giving some speech uh, in the Senate, and then some guy like you know yelled out, "You lie!" and uh, yeah, and it and everyone was like, "It's like a guy just shouted out," and and <laughs> very. Uh, and then I remember, oh, that's that's exactly what happened in uh, idiocracy. It's like. Uh, it's like it's like yeah. yeah, like you suck, North Carolina. Yeah. What's up? And the, thing <laughs> is, the guy who yelled out "You lie" was uh, a member of the uh, government from North Carolina. Oh, fantastic! Uh, yeah, Jesus, and and here yeah. we are now. Yes, exactly. Now. Way way sooner, you know, because really, that movie set in the year three thousand, which of course, uh, yeah. it's like we got we got there a lot quicker. Yeah, the um, last man, last man on Earth, uh, the uh, Will Forte show that starts yeah. starts now. I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wonderful. Well, damn, Jonah, that was uh, that was a great list, man. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, thank you so much Hopefully for coming it will, on. It will, and it will inspire some uh, some people who are sequestered away and desperate for something to look at, and they, yes. they may, may not have uh, may not have seen. Certainly, I, I don't know even where they go to see it. Like, uh, I think it's just you. I, I think you have to buy it and rent it uh, on, you know, iTunes or something like that. But yeah. it's, uh, but it is, it is a great. It's just a good watch. It's, it's just a nice movie. Yeah, yeah. It's a feel good movie. That's, that's yeah. I, I have, I have heard, and I don't know. There's just, I've been, I've been afraid. I've been afraid. So. No, you should like it. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I just um, let's see. Oh, it's on Amazon Prime right now. You can... Everything is on Amazon Prime. If you can't find it's anyone else, look there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Jonah, thank you very much. Uh, we look forward to having you over soon. Having you come into the studio next time. That would be nice. That, that'd a, be very nice. Uh, very, hold very hold nice. hands, share some food. No, no, no. Hold hands. Oh, no, 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 no. 
No hand. No, that's after, after, no this, hand after this. Yeah. After this. No, it's canceled. It's it's canceled it's forever. It's forever? No, no, no. Yeah. We're gonna be back. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna be back and uh, we're gonna hold hands with all our guests from here on. <laughs> Swinging wives. When the husband's away, the wives will play. Do you really know what your wife does all day while you're at work? Do you ever wonder about those men whose jobs take them out of the office and into the home? Your home? The swinging wives give them a warm reception. And they really make the most of it. When we say it's been an exhausting day, you better believe it. Now, for the first time on the screen, a sizzling film report of the extracurricular sex activities of swinging wives everywhere. Based on over 300 interviews, Swinging Wives is not fiction. See mailmen deliver a lot more than mail. See a stimulating professional massage. See a gynecologist trapped by his aroused patients. See Swinging Wives. For adults only, naturally. So that's our second pandemic parade. We hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you for sticking with us. You keep sticking with us and we'll keep sticking with you. Uh, we're going to keep doing these as as much as we can. And of course, we're going to continue to do the regular show as well. Uh, in fact, next week is going to be our 75th guest. And we've got a great one for you. Thank you for listening. And remember, the Hollywood Food Coalition, it really is doing important work. And you can help even a dollar or two or five or ten. Uh, whatever you can give is much appreciated. We're going to put the information up on the site um, and on the details of this episode. But you can donate to them by going to hofoco.org, H-O-F-O-C-O dot org slash donate. Or you can send a text to donate. Text the word give to 323-402-5704 and help some folks out. Thank you again for listening. This is Josh Olson for The Movies That Made Me. We'll see you soon. Our show was recorded from several well-stocked bunkers. We can't wait to get back to beautiful downtown Burbank. We're the official podcast of TrailersFromHell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the movies that made me. Stay safe out there, folks. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast.